0: Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, where we discuss the hullabaloo while being huggable, too. Do you lay awake at night and come up with these, or? No. (laughs) Yeah, you do. No, I'm just, I'm going to be a dad three times over pretty soon here, so I'm just practicing my dad jokes. I don't think I've ever used the word hullabaloo, but speaking of baloo... A jungle animal, baloo, yes. Today today we're going to discuss the news of Harambe the gorilla, who was shot and killed recently in the Cincinnati Zoo after a three-year-old boy fell into his enclosure. But first, we'll get to that, because there's a lot of hullabaloo to discuss there. Uh, But first, let's read some troll mail. This week, a bit of wisdom from one of our listeners. Kathleen Stickle sends us a message. Uh, Nate, do you want to read it, or are you going to go too fast that you can't get the words out?
1: Hey, guys. (laughs) This quote has served as a great reminder to myself to step back from what I'm reading on the internet to consider how, if at all... It should impact me, and also carefully consider my motivations when I post to social media. Mm. Think it, tweet it, blog status, update it, boom, mastered. Never have to think about it again. We get likes and retweets without ever having to provide any evidence of obeying the truth we so eloquently shared. And yet, we find ourselves walking on dangerous ground just because we share a truth does not mean that it has changed our life, that it has sunk in at all to our deepest places. Sharing a truth can contribute towards our obedience, but it is not our obedience. In the age of blogs, Twitter, and Facebook, we really do not need to obey in order to be heard, and this leaves us in a place more dangerous than disobedience, apathy. Chris Nye.
0: That that quote was from Chris Nye. Well, thank you, Kathleen, for sharing us, uh, sharing us, sharing that with us. We uh, we often think about social media, and we alf- we often think about trolls. We often think about how we are projecting ourselves to make us look good to people, and it's so cheap. Just like the quote says, tweet, blog, status update, it, boom, mastered. Never think about it again. Yeah. And then we get likes, and we look good when we are rallying around a cause, and that's kind of. It's kind of along the lines of um, slacktivism, right, Nate?
1: Yeah, it's a whole lot of hullabaloo on the internet.
0: But the truth is it doesn't really sink in. It doesn't really hold us accountable because we're sort of anonymous, and that can create apathy, which is a big, big problem, I think. Yeah, you
1: just have to get your kibitz going, and uh, people (laughs) hold you accountable, right? Exactly. (laughs) Welcome uh, our new patrons this week uh, over at patreon.com slash don'tfeedthetrolls.
0: We'd like to welcome Joshua and Sarah Tate. Tyson Shipman and Whitney Thomason, thank you guys for joining up with us this, this week. We uh for all of you guys who listen to the show, but you're not a patron yet, there is a bunch of bonus content over at our Patreon page. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash don't feed the trolls. If you want to pitch in like a dollar a month, it all helps us with our show's expenses. Uh, and uh you know helps us be motivated to give you great content.
1: We should call it the summer of 100, Matt, where by the end of the summer we want 100 Patreons. How about how that? How many
0: how many patrons do we have right now? I think
1: we have like 57. Oh, okay. Well, summer of 100.
0: That's doable. That's doable. If we can get 100 of you guys, um that would be awesome because we're, we we just recently, we've been doing this podcast for about six months now. We recently, crawled out of the hole as far as the initial investment. <laughs> so, uh, it go. is a free podcast. If you enjoy it, please consider helping us out. Any little amount helps. Even a dollar a month really, um, it 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 kind of builds our community. So, we really appreciate it.
1: And speaking of crawling out of a hole, this week you heard it everywhere. I heard it. There was a lot of monkey business going on, and um, this kid fell in a hole, a gorilla hole. A lot of people
0: are going ape over this story. Nate, can you give people a recap of what happened? I think it was over the weekend.
1: Yeah, so uh, this, at the Cincinnati Zoo, uh boy was like in his mom's hand one minute, and then he slipped out, went underneath a uh, little embankment, little fencing, and fell into a gorilla pit. And uh, they had to shoot the gorilla to save the boy. Everyone is ready to embrace the mom or tell her she needs to go to prison
0: right there's a massive reaction to these things so so basically what happened and i watched the um press briefing of from thane maynard the zoo director but harambe our 17 year old gorilla male who's a great big animal 400 pounds went down and got him carried him up into the moat was moving him around and it it seemed very much by our professional team, our dangerous animal response team, to be a life-threatening situation. And so the choice was made uh, to put down or shoot Harambe. It's a sad day all the way around. Uh, The right choice was made. It was a difficult choice. Uh, We have protocols and procedures. We do drills with our dangerous animal response team. But we've never had a situation like this at the Cincinnati Zoo, where a dangerous animal needed to be dispatched in an emergency situation. And I just love this guy. I mean, he looked like Clint Eastwood and he sounded even better. Like there are really competent people here. And it's our natural desire to like seek blame. Yeah. And to go, okay, who's to blame? Who do we blame? Cuz this is, you know, here's a 17-year-old gorilla, extremely endangered species, this lowland gorilla. And um, Harambe never had a chance to mate. And so that adds to it because he was, you know, a male is very, very... He's 17 years old and he's not even of mating age yet, apparently. Yeah, So yeah. that's kind of the problem with, with these gorillas. They don't reproduce that often. And so he, he, uh, he never had a chance to really reproduce. And I think they freeze some of his genetic material. So maybe they'll do something with him.
1: Let's just put this in perspective here, Matt. Let's just slow this down. A, a modern gorilla is 20 times as strong as a human man. Right. So, you're talking the strongest man out there is it would take 20 of them to take down one gorilla. So, the fact one is...
0: 400-pound gorilla?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the thing could just rip your arms off and beat you with them. That's what they always say. So Well,
0: yeah, uh, let's talk about that. Did the, did the zoo make the right decision here? Weighing the pros and cons, they obviously saw a three-year-old boy he's in the moat he's sitting in the moat the gorilla yeah. comes over to him and then the crowd starts making noises yeah. and it makes the gorilla uncomfortable so the gorilla grabs the kid by the leg and i saw the video where he drags him through the moat and the kid is like just a rag doll in his hands
1: well that's the thing is that they have kind of an on and off when it comes to muscles that's why they can right. swing so effortlessly through the trees um right. because they can they basically their muscles are just like full strength so even if just a light little it looks like he's violently whipping this kid so right.
0: there's three options and i think the zoo based on based on what i can tell i'm not an expert but i think the zoo took the right option because one option would be to do nothing and yeah. at that point you are pretty high risk an agitated gorilla 400-pound gorilla with a three-year-old human life in his hands, you can't do nothing, right? Because that would mean now you have a gorilla that killed a child. Now you have to kill the gorilla. So you kill the gorilla and, and the boy is dead, and then... You kill the gorilla program because clearly this is a bigger, much bigger tragedy, right? And so then all the conservation efforts, those go away and we're like, we shouldn't be keeping wild animals. And people are like, why don't you tranquilize the gorilla? And the zoo director was pretty clear that once you shoot a trank at a gorilla, he becomes really agitated for sure. uh, like for several seconds and minutes and before it actually kicks in. So that's not safe, uh, to protect the kid.
1: So what is it that we're really frustrated that a life was ended and it was um it was a gorilla's life.
0: It was but an what, endangered gorilla, yeah. But
1: but but I mean, here's the thing. Well, let's back it all the way up. Why was there even a hole in the wall right, to begin right. with? You have two kids. I have two kids and we yeah. both If you don't have kids, I think you it's really hard to get into this debate. You
0: can I don't think you can really weigh in on parenting unless you you have that personal experience. Cuz kids can
1: disappear that. no matter what.
0: <laughs> Very very quickly, yeah,
1: yeah, and then and this is the problem is people think, Oh wow, they should have been watching their kids. It's probably coming from a lot of people that don't have kids, right? Because they're not sympathetic right off the bat. So you have to say, right. Okay, well, you have kids, have you ever lost your kids? I mean, I was a kid, I got lost in the supermarket. So, witnesses of the event said to um reporters at CNN that the
0: little boy himself had been talking and wanting to go in. Oh, uh, really? They, they kept saying, Go on, I want to go in. And get in the water. And his mother was like, oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. And then her attention was drawn away for a few seconds, maybe like a minute, max. And then he was up and in before you knew it.
1: I mean, how did he even really get in? That's just, that's amazing to me. Yeah, Um, yeah. And that seems to be the biggest problem.
0: So let's just go to the mother and say, (laughs) like, everybody wants to pile on this mother. Like, some some people, 100,000 people uh, signed a petition, uh, an online petition seeking justice for Harambe where they want the boy's parents to be held criminally responsible for the incident. And I just think this is obscene that we would pile on.
1: Shame. Yeah, obviously she feels bad.
0: And then, and then you know, she looks away for a second, her kid's gone. That's not her responsibility. And to hold a mom cr- criminally responsible for the death of this gorilla, is to me, it's just so heartless and, and lacking empathy for for what motherhood is and what parenting is. And the fact of the matter is kids get away from you. Yeah. It kind of has to be the zoo's responsibility to make it, It's a family friendly zoo. It's supposed to be safe. Oh, sure. You sure. should make it completely impossible for a child to enter the enclosure of a dangerous
1: animal. That's, I mean, and the zoo will do that at this point and i think that's where the debate should be held because i feel like if if all things you're a parent you go into a zoo you are automatically going in with this notion that there's no physical way possible that animals can get out or sure. we can get in that's a presumption so you go into this business thinking okay uh, i'm 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 safe i'm fine right. nothing's going to happen so if your kid gets away for 10 seconds it's going to happen i mean i've been, i was at the zoo the other day and there's kids running all over the place kids just run around the zoo
0: yeah and it should, be, it should be safe. It's a family-oriented, safe place to view and respect nature. And oftentimes, it's very dangerous nature, and they have to make sure there's precautions so that people can't get in, into dangerous enclosures. But I think when people see... Uh, the zoo director, Thane Maynard, you go, wow, this zoo is actually really competent. Like it wasn't incompetence on their part. I think what what, really what this is, is a massive accident and it becomes a bit of a witch hunt. Like when an accident happens, we, we look to place blame. You can't, I think you just have to say that this is an accident and the zoo will make their changes and there'll be an investigation, but you can't go to the mother and say that this was negligence on her
1: part. Uh, see, that's what we should talk about: is what makes people. Even in our podcast episode about Cecil the Lion, we describe this thi- this setup that that hunters fund the conservation, right? Right. Not not all these people who are on the internet complaining. They don't fund right. these animals living or dying, right? So right. Uh, they have to. You have to. You have to understand. Like, okay, if if you're going to demand justice for Harambe then you have to actively be giving lots of your money every month to these. Well,
0: and that's the thing is if you blame the zoo and you go, well, the zoo should be criminally responsible for their actions, then you're hurting the actual entity that is concerned with day sure. in, day out, conserving their gorilla program and the gorilla breeding and conserving this population of gorillas that's extremely endangered. Yeah. So if the gorilla was able to kill the kid, that hurts the conservation effort the gorilla program is going to get hurt from that. But them putting the one gorilla down who could hurt the kid is to me, the best out that they made because it does protect their conservation efforts, even though it's like a setback, obviously, but at least, at least they saved the kid's life, which mean a lot of us agree that all lives are precious, but especially a child, it is more valuable than an, than an animal. <laughs> it just is, you know, It on a, on a societal level.
1: Maybe that's an interesting uh, uh, angle that we should go in the debate is what makes a human being think that animals are more valuable than other human beings? There's something there that I've seen all the time. It's like we don't right. care about, you know, people dying or wars right. and, and other things. It's like, oh, man, but Cecil the lion, bro. Right. someone took him out, and you're just like, okay, okay. I don't know. Maybe in our minds, we all think of our stuffed animals and just have these good, rosy feelings about all these... these what is it?
0: I think an animal doesn't know better, but a human knows better, and so I think it's easier to blame a human or, or to say a human got what the, what was coming to them, whereas an animal is just being an animal, you know? So I think that's why they we look for a, a person to blame in this witch hunt, and we do a bunch of scapegoating. I think like when we project out this sort of piling on of this bad person out there that did a bad thing. It really is when you tear away the layers driven by low self-esteem. It's driven by our own insecurities. I think as parents, we do this a lot when we feel inadequate as parents and we see someone else, some other parents screw up and we, we jump on them to make us feel less inadequate. We're just becoming animals in a sense when we pile on like this and especially careful about scrutinizing people we don't know, especially when we don't have all the facts. We've got this 100,000 signatures signed in 48 hours to to criminally charge this mom who, you know, w- turned her attention away from her son in seconds, thinking that it was totally
1: safe. How often are your kids out of your sight every once in a while you go out? We all
0: lose our kids. It doesn't make us bad moms
1: and it definitely doesn't make us criminals, you know, when yeah. they get out of our sight for a second it's
0: just a fact of parenting
1: just today I was sitting here watering my garden turned my back for two seconds and my kids already up the hill and I had to like run around the corner imagine
0: and... the terror that she would have felt like imagine the terror that you'd felt if if Sawyer got away from you he's a kid he doesn't know better and somehow was allowed to enter this enclosure with the gorilla and you looked down and saw him imagine oh, dude. the horror like like, she's been through quite a bit, I think, you know? Oh, jeez. I mean, could you imagine? Uh, and then now people are all over social media piling on, scapegoating, witch hunting, based out of their own insecurities. And it can be super harmful to people who are good people, who may have good justifications. I'm sure this mom has a good justification. You know, one of her other kids was, you know, requiring attention. She turns away and this kid gets loose. it there's a lapse of judgment there, but it's an accident, and it's it's. I don't. I just don't see a world in in which this is her. Here's fault. what
1: I think is going to happen. She's going to then have to place the blame on somebody else. So she's going to get pissed because she has a hundred thousand. So she's going to sue the zoo, right? right? So everyone loses. If
0: any good thing can come out of this. The zoo will be safer and zoos across the country will be safer when it comes to these enclosures. They won't be able to slip through uh, if there's a small opening in a fence or if there's not like, I mean, it was like 10 to 15 feet down. that The kid jumped off this wall. Yeah. Um, So you just assume that that's enough. But clearly it wasn't enough in this one situation where this has happened. And now all the policy has to change because of it. But we have to admit that it's just an accident. It's an unfortunate, sad thing that happened. We have to withhold our desire to place blame on any one person. There's no bad guy in this situation. I think we have to have empathy and inject that into this situation.
1: Yeah, but I mean, the internet, though. And that's what the thing is like, the internet allows you to just
0: not have any empathy. To make a judgment, to get superior than others, to be holier than that goes
1: back to what Kathleen Stickle was saying right before.
0: Exactly, it's so
1: relevant. And We can just, uh, and that's probably why you included that email. I see what you did. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, my friend right. actually wrote a pretty cool thing on social media. I can read it. Um, he said, "When it comes to taking any life, we must pause to calculate the reasoning for taking that life versus the value that life holds. Right, whether it be the life of an enemy soldier or an endangered gorilla." a beloved elderly pet, or the life of an unborn fetus. But the thing is, we aren't going to agree on life value versus potential, quote, benefit of taking such lives. Sure, most of us have no issue swatting a mosquito's life away to prevent an annoying itch or bite. But we seem to go round and round about certain other lives values and whether we can justify taking those lives. It's a very complex time we live in, and we'd rather argue on the internet right. than actually give someone the benefit of the doubt and respect the reasoning they have for the lives they value more than others. At some point, we need to stop insisting that we are always right and simply try to understand each other. Sure. My buddy Ed wrote that, by the way.
0: Oh, Ed, thanks for thanks for that input. I think I agree with a lot of that. We We disagree on a lot of things when it comes to the time of of war, the time of violence, the time of ending other people's lives. And I think it's a difference between a personal standpoint, and a political standpoint, or an institutional standpoint. Institutions have to protect their organizations. I personally believe in peace. And, you know, I was just watching my, my kids play today. And I was just surprised by the amount of joy I felt when they were laughing with each other just by themselves and just really enjoying each other. And I'm like, man, I wonder like if that's how God feels when we're at peace, (laughs) you know, like you have this strange sense of joy that like they're getting along. And I think ultimately that's the goal and we should all strive for that. Yeah. Then there's some situations where, where human intervention, where violent intervention, it seems necessary from a macro level. So, I don't think it's it's so easy for us to judge, but things are far more complex than than what we give them credit for, I think.
1: like we immediately have an opinion you know it's that's what i think is interesting too is like why do people immediately have opinions on the situation like nobody was there we don't know you don't we have like a cell phone video right we, we can't see it all but immediately there's a hundred thousand people that are absolutely yeah. sure it costs yeah, it costs them nothing to weigh like,
0: into. That's the that's the like the e- evil of. But it takes media. a while
1: to sign up on that petition thing. You got to enter all your information. It's a good five minutes to sit down there and th- is it is it really? I I normally it's just a name and an email address. I'm just saying who has the time to sign up to <laughs> to to demand justice for a dead monkey? Like it's an ape, Nate. Oh yeah, you know what? Don't I'm speak ape. ill of the dead. Uh, who's Jack Hanna is that the big guy the big yeah he
0: he's he's like a z- a zoologist
1: he said that the gorilla would have likely have killed the boy so yeah um, it is
0: absolutely way worse for the conservation of endangered goril- lowland gorillas if the boy dies it is way worse than if the gorilla dies we're br- we're always bringing in our uh, our spirituality and our religious upbringings into this but um i think you know jesus once said why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And I think he was addressing our desire to project our own insecurities, our own feeling of inadequacy on other people to attack a scapegoat rather than to deal with our own stuff. And I think that's the, the appeal of this massive outcry, people going ape, Over the death of the ape.
1: Like a blabbing, bumbling band of baboons.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Little Harry Potter for you. Don't just respond emotionally. Just think cognitively about what's going on in your brain, where the judgment's coming from, be be humble about what you know about the situation, and please have empathy for all parties involved, because you can really destroy someone's life. Do we
1: agree on all this again? Do we agree? we we seem to agree on all these these controversies? <laughs> no, Are we yeah. trying to? No, I, mean, I, I mean, didn't I'm, even know what your stance was, but I think well, I, mean, I I'm not necessarily saying who's to blame here. I'm saying please don't blame the mom. I mean, but- I would be pissed if I looked down and saw my kid in a monkey enclosure. Like, how did he get in? Yeah, yeah. Like, how in the hell did I my mean, kid get into this thing? The thing is, I think we, we should accept an
0: accident, and we should respond by changing um, the protocol so that that doesn't happen again. And I just think internet outrage is so cheap, it doesn't mean anything. And if you want to change the world, we're going to have to get a little bit beyond that.
1: Uh, I think if you really want to listen to a really scientific, in-depth podcast about this particular subject, go to Radiolab and listen to The Rhino Hunter. Ah, um, okay. Because I think there's a lot there that will, I think, will challenge. If you're like yeah, anti... If, if you want
0: pseudoscience, pop psychology, and the ramblings of a couple unintelligible people, keep listening to our podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, hey, I, no shame, dude, because I really feel like this Rhino Hunter episode really explains the Cecil the Lion. Any famous animal that gets killed... Um, this will help you understand outside of in this situation obviously sure. it's a it's a traumatic experience but this is just a mistake people a mistake
0: it was an accident yeah.
1: This is like an unwanted situation for everybody involved. Yeah, nobody wanted if, this. Yeah, And I know that someone listening to this podcast probably signed that petition to, yeah. uh, to uh, fund old... Uh,
0: if you think we're wrong, because it looks like Nate and I have consensus on this, um, at least in how we should respond to news like this, but if you think we're wrong and you think that the mom is absolutely responsible or if you think the zoo is absolutely criminally responsible... Please send us an email at don't email the trolls at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinion. We'd even read it on the air if it's good and it challenges ours.
1: We'll make fun of it on the next uh, podcast <laughs> episode. We'll be like, look at this idiot. You, you have to have kids, though. If you don't have kids and you're yeah, sending shut information up. to us. Shut up if you don't have kids. If you've never lost a kid, you're neurotic. You should you should relax. <laughs> I can guarantee everyone out there listening to this if you don't have children. Now listen to me. <laughs> This is what people who don't have kids
0: would lo- just love hearing. They just love hearing. When you have kids, you'll know.
1: No, you will develop a love for your child that is unlike anything on this earth. And if you look down in that pit and you see your kid in that monkey bathtub, you are going to lose it.
0: All you single guys it, who are 20-somethings, who are bachelors, just chilling, just to picture the, um, the amount of love you have for pepperoni pizza. That's... That's like that's <laughs> almost that's almost the amount of love you'll have for your children one day. And if you don't have kids that's fine too. I I don't want to be one of those parent elite elitists.
1: No, no, no. I'm just saying you develop a love sure. that you can't understand and that like I know what that lady feels for her children just because I feel it for mine. It's like a love it's like a, it's it's like a
0: love for a pet.
1: But it's like Lady in the Tramp, dude. She she gets she takes the outside when when the when the kid is born. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> there, there is a love for a child that goes beyond. You know what I mean?
0: You do have a dog that you love very much.
1: I do have a dog that I love very much. But right now he's wandering off in the bushes, and my kids are very <laughs> much safe. He's stumbling into a gorilla enclosure right now as we speak. He has way more freedom than my children do right now because the love is just a little bit greater for my kids. But. Uh, <laughs> You're valuing human life over that beautiful animal. How dare you! I love the debate, but I hate this just the crazy outcry, man. I mean, I I just don't really know how hundred thousand people could develop opinions so quick. So, so be slow. Be slow to develop an opinion. I think, right? Is that the? uh, Did we? How
0: slow were we? That our opinion probably took twenty five minutes to be revealed on this episode. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I don't really think we have an opinion because we don't know. We weren't there.
0: I just have an opinion about the response people have and, and well, yeah. the, the social media piling on and, and, you know, witch hunt. I just, I, it makes me feel yucky.
1: But in terms of don't feed the trolls, somebody in your life right now has a crisis. And the initial human response is to go to them and say, Ah, you should have done this. Should have done that. And I think you're responsible for your actions. When my family's done that to me, it's hurt my feelings because mm-hmm. it's like you didn't, you weren't there, you didn't know the situation, you didn't know the scenario. Right? Um, we tend to do this as humans to each other. We tend to go, um, <laughs> "Dude, I'm looking out my window right now, and a groundhog has stood up on two legs and is just staring at me. <laughs> like he's <laughs> like, he's like, get off my property, dude. <laughs> he's like, what the hell is that guy doing in the window with that beard? Is that a friend?" <laughs> He's like, You talking about you talking about the lovable gorilla on the podcast? You devaluing animal lives. <laughs> He's like, hey, I want to weigh in. You got a micro- extra microphone? <laughs> a mic- Come on. <laughs> Dude, it's just funny. He stood up on two two legs and looked right at me, right when I'm talking about animals. But um <laughs> but our initial response maybe in all situations should be one of understanding immediately. Empathy. Always, yeah. Maybe that's it. Even if you know for a fact that person screwed up,
0: can I bring it? I mean, can I bring it back to Jesus for a second? I know, I, I know, this is not a religious podcast, but I know a lot of people who are outraged probably are religious in some form. When Mary and Martha, I, I hear the brother, I hear
1: the organ I, playing right now. The choirs starting to sing.
0: What did Jesus do? Did he say, "I got this"? <laughs> did he say, "They say, why don't you have faith"? What he did was he wept. He just had empathy. It was the shortest verse in the in the whole collection of books known as the Bible. Is Jesus wept? He just cried with the people who were mourning their brother. So, mm-hmm. let's let's think about the transcendent response. The transcendent response to people who are struggling or going through a hard time where there's bad stuff happening, yeah. the transcendent response is to enter in with empathy with that person and we. Yes. With them. So you, we have to try to feel each other's pain as opposed to going to the, the, the knee jerk response of judgment and blame, blaming. I mean, it's just, that's just so animalistic. It's lower brain. Let's transcend together. And feel for this woman, feel for these people at the zoo who clearly love this animal, didn't want to do that. Feel for this little boy, feel for people, and not judge people. We're better than that.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, she picked up her kid and threw him in there. That's a different story, right?
0: That's That's a slightly different story, but the witnesses say that that did not happen, so.
1: We know that didn't happen. Yeah. So there are definitely times when things are a little bit more black and white and I get that. This is not one of those times, people. No, it's very complex. And I think that our podcast is becoming very complex because we're so intellectually stimulating that we have all these great things to say. <laughs> but, you know, they probably already tuned out and turned into the Radio Lab episode like, "Damn, yeah, this is so yeah. much better." They're better off. They're better off at this point. Stop sending our stop sending our listeners to better podcasts. But maybe Nate. maybe a good place to end Matt is that uh in the future we can debate on a podcast of my actual fear of giant primates that haven't been proven to exist yet um by science oh
0: uh, yeah Ba-dum-tch. if you guys want to hear if you guys want to hear about nate's uh, sasquatch inquiry he <laughs> firmly believes in the bigfoot so I, I think it's fascinating that he does and he makes some pretty good arguments so maybe we'll talk about that at some point
1: uh, we can do a 2.0 on this episode going ape or whatever going we, ape <laughs> going ape <laughs> Or uh, Hiding Apes. Playdate with the Primates. We haven't figured out. Playdate
0: with the Primates. I'm surprised that was not like the USA Today headline. (laughs) Playdate with the
1: primate Gone terribly wrong. Leave it up to artists to come up with really great titles for all this stuff, though. That's what we do. right. that's what we could do for you if you send us $2 a month. We could give you a fucking great podcast (laughs) with awesome titles, great looking guys, red beards, and a whole... Honestly, we'll do it with. if you
0: don't. Summer of 100, baby. Check out our Patreon. We got extra episodes up there. We've got interview stuff up there. We uh, we communicate with people up there. So check it out. Uh, until next time, thank you for listening. Summer of 100 is a real goal. Just tell it to him. Hashtag Summer of 100. Summer of 100 patrons. Thank you for listening to Don't Feed the Trolls podcast. We'll see you next time. Later. Thank mm-hmm. you.